We recording? Girl, for I just, real? I just started. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. I guess we can. I guess we can 
can get in this good King James. I guess I, I think we can get in this good King James again. And, and again, I want you guys to go read this. I never want to get on a platform and have y'all just listening to me and taking my word for it. Go read this good book for yourself. Amen, audience. Amen. Amen. So Genesis 37, 2 through 11, it said, There were a generation, there are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 year old, was feeding the flock with his brethren and the lad with the sons of Bilhah. If that ain't what it is, that's what it's going to be today. Okay? And with the sons of Zip, Z, and his father's wives, and Joseph brought into his father their evil reports. So that means they just basically saying Joseph was a snitch. Yeah. He was out here snitching on his brothers and stuff. That's what was going on. All right, verse three. Now Israel, which is um, Jacob at the time, if anybody knows who that is, that's Jacob. Jacob's name is Israel for this part. Um, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was born of old age and made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, when his father loved him more than he loved his brothers, that's what it says, they hated him and could not speak peacefully, peaceably, <laughs> peaceably unto them. And Joseph dreamed the dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. So basically, he had a dream and he told his brothers what the dream was about and they hated him because of his dream. We're getting somewhere. So follow me, follow me, follow me. We're getting somewhere. And it says, he said unto them, here, I pray to you this dream in which I dream. Verse seven, for behold, we are binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheep stood around about an ambience of my sheep. So basically, he said, we had some hay out here. Just to kind of give y'all some context. We had some hay out here. Y'all hay was bowing down to my hay for the most part. Okay? I just forgot where I was. Just in eight. Me and eight. Okay. And this brother said to him, thou shalt indeed reign over us. Or sought thou indeed have dominion over us. And they hated him yet more for his dream for his word. So basically what they said was, you think you finna rule over us? You think you a king or something? Boom. So verse 9, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brother. And it said, behold, I've had a dream. Um, I, I have dreamed a dream once more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the seven and the eleven stars. So sorry made ambience to me. Basically, he's saying the sun and the moon and everything else was also bound down to him. This was his second dream, okay? And then it says he told it to his father and his brethren and the father rebuked him. So this time he told his daddy. And his daddy was like, say what? You gonna do what? <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, and ended it off. We almost done. He told it to his father and his brethren and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream thou hast dreamed? Shall I, the mother, and thy brethren indeed come to bow down on the earth? And his brothers envied him, and his father observed the same. So that was 11. My first, my very first point is, and what I want some people to realize reading that very lengthy thing, most of the time, most of the time, almost all of the time, we're called. The people who have a hard time forgiving, 
you're called by birth, or you called at a young age, or you have a calling over your life, or you have anointing over your life, and not everybody is going to understand your anointing. Not everybody is going to understand what God shows you and told you you could be, or just why you talk the way you talk, why you look the way you look, why everything going the way it's going. And then people looking at you like, hold on, wait, what? You just you just listening today for no reason. Why? And you sitting up there like, well, that's what God told me, or that's what whatever, or this just who I am. And some people just can't accept that. But I want to encourage somebody. I, let me not get too ahead of myself. Let me not get too ahead of myself that if you're going through something like that, you know if God called you in that type of way, you got to know he's with you. His father even told him. And if you kind of know who his father is, you have to know his father went on this long journey and everything and depended on God through the whole entire thing. And he gave his son a coat of many colors because he knew he was special, but he didn't understand his son's task. He didn't understand his son's anointing. He didn't understand his son's vision and what God wanted to do through him. Not everybody is going to understand, okay? That's important, but we finna get, we finna get here, okay? <laughs> so we got Genesis, we in 37 again. Let's go to verse 18 and 20, 18 through 28. These are very lengthy, but y'all gonna be here with me because we gonna read it. You should have your Bible. You ain't got your Bible while you ain't got your Bible. <laughs> Pull the Bible out so we can read it together, okay? So 37, 18, verses 18 through 28, okay? Let's see, let's see, let's see. And when he saw him from afar, even before he came near them, he conspired against him and slayed him. So to give you a good backstory, because I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't give y'all a backstory. Okay, so in this particular, after he gets through telling them like, hey, y'all, this my vision. I mean, or oh, this my dream. These are the dreams I had. And they pretty much was hating on my boy. After they started hating on him, they was like, now his brothers are trying to type of something to get him to die. Or to kind of cancel his purpose or something like that. Sometimes you'll have people in your life there to try to cancel your purpose. Try to cancel what it is that God told you to do. Try to put it, like, just try to stop it just like that. And you looking like, well, what I did? I ain't did nothing. I just had the dream. But sometimes they don't even understand what they're doing. They don't even understand what they're doing. So this is another thing that I want y'all to get, okay? So... In 18, they're just trying to come up with a plan to just get him out the way. They're trying to get my boy out the way. Okay, so 18, it says, okay, we're 19, sorry, verse 19. And they said to one another, behold, this dreamer cometh in another con in another context. They say, here comes the dreamer, um, verse 20. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into the pit. And we will say some evil beasts have devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. So basically they're saying, come on, let's throw him in a pit. Let's throw him down a well. Let's throw him just out the way. And then we just gonna tell daddy he just got ate up. I don't know what's been chewing on me, but I know I'm ate up. <laughs> Y'all know that too <laughs> But that's what they said. We just gonna say he got ate up, okay? And so verse 21, what we gonna, what I say we gonna? 28. And Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. So basically Reuben came, which is another brother of theirs, and basically said, let's not kill him. Let's not exactly kill him. You know what I mean? Let's just do something else. And Reuben said unto him, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit and it is in the wilderness. 
and lay no hand upon him, and he and he might rid him of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So basically, it's saying that Reuben was trying to save him. That he was telling them, "Y'all don't kill him, just leave him right there, and then he was gonna come back later, pick him up, take him back the way he was, you know, big brother stuff." So twenty three, it said, and it came to pass when Joseph had come unto his brethren that they uh, stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. 24, they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. 25, and they sat down and ate bread and lifted their eyes and looked and behold a company of uh, Ishmaelites. If that ain't what it is, it's what it is today. Okay. Okay. Came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm in Marah. Okay, going to carry it down to Egypt. Okay, 26. And Judah said to his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? 27. Come and let us sell him to the to the M people, to the Ish people. All right, let's sell him to the Ish people and let our hand, let not our hands be upon him. And he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. 28. And there passed Ammonites, merchant men, and they drew and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmael for 20 pieces of $20. He sold this man for $20. Right? And to end it off, he says, and they brought Joseph to Egypt. So that's what I want to, that's kind of where I want to center this at because these were the instances where they betrayed their brother. They wanted to say, hey, boy, look, let's just go off, off with him. Like, let's cut him Like, we good. You know what I'm saying? But after they did this, it was like, um, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't put the blood on our hands, so we just gonna sell him. Deceptive. We just gonna, we just gonna put him in a place where he bond, where he's in bondage. We just gonna put you Ooh. in a place where you can't function how you need to, or you can't have your freedom. We gonna put you in a place where you don't even know how you gonna get out. Somebody else gonna control your life. Somebody else gonna do something like that. And I know we all have our different instances. We have people that done hurt us, that done hurt our feelings, that done hurt our heart. They, we it might be rape, it might be molestation, it might be I was your friend, I was really down for you, and you went and stabbed me in the back. It could be a bad relationship that you thought was gonna be what it was, but it really wasn't. It could be anything, right? And we all have our different instances. And some of us and most of us actually sit down and be like, I can't believe these folks just did me this bad. And I ain't even said nothing. And can you imagine the place Joseph had to be in to say, all I did was tell y'all my dreams. All I did was tell you my visions. All I was was being vulnerable with you and letting you in my space and letting you be here with me and let you sit beside me and see everything I wanted you to see and you still hurt me. Understand that we not battling with the flesh. Amen. Every time that people do stuff to you, every time people say stuff to you, every time people do whatever the case may be, and we're not always battling with the flesh. We have to understand that we're battling with people's spirits and the people, the spirit that's behind them that want to tackle you, that want to knock you down, that want to throw you in a pit, that want to sell you off to slavery. Like we, we have people dealing with that. And if we start recognizing and understanding that we're working with spirit and not with flesh, we'll operate just a little bit better. And I feel like Joseph was able to understand that.
And then what looked like his downfall, what looked like he was just going through a whole bunch of hell, what looked like it was just that was really just God putting him and setting him up in a place where he can prosper. Because if we could just imagine, like like my live studio audience just said, if we could just imagine if that little boy, if that little 17-year-old boy with these big dreams that God has given him and his big call on his life and his big anointing that he has on his life has to stay in a situation and be in a place where his 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 brothers was able to place doubt in his ear, say, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. Now you can't start the business. Now you can't go in ministry. Now you can't talk like that. Now you can't dress like that. Now you can't do none of this other stuff. That'll start putting self down within yourself. So now you can't even move how God needs you to move. Okay. So my next point and what's so good about this entire story, you guys. And I'm going to just tell the point before we breathe. With forgiveness, you will succeed in everything you do. Okay. With forgiveness, you will succeed in everything you do. And we're going to go to Genesis 39, 1 through 5. All right, we're still in this good old King James. Let's go to Genesis 39, verses 1 through 5. And it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, captain and guard, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmael, which had brought him down thunder. I don't know what that means, but that's what the Bible says, okay? And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was he was a prosperous man. Amen. He was in the house of his master of the Egyptian, and the master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did prosper in his hands. And Joseph found grace in his sight and Amen. served him, and he was and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put his hands on. So I just want to speak on the point of with forgiveness. I, I want to put with forgiveness, with a, a pure heart, with an open heart, with an unhardened heart. Joseph was able to succeed in everything that he did. Everywhere he went, in certain um, translations, I believe that's the NLT version, it just says Joseph succeeded in everything that he did because the Lord was with him. And everybody else that came in contact with him was able to see the favor on his life, was able to see the type of favor that he had, was able to see, you know, how God used him and how he wanted to do it. And I want to just encourage somebody that everything that you do, everything that you do, God is able to actually come in and say, okay, well, you look like you're in a bad spot. You look like you can't pay your rent. You look like you can't. You don't know how you're gonna get back in school. You look like you don't know how you're gonna move to the next thing. You don't know how you're gonna get through this through this bad situation. You don't know how whatever. But God has His favor and has His hand on you. And every time God has His hand on you, everything you'll do will prosper. Everything that you touch will prosper. Everything that you come in contact with will prosper. Okay. And I want somebody to remember that when you forgive people, when you have an unhardened heart, God is able to use you better because you have an open mind space. Because you're able to actually see things for not just what the reality show you, but the behind the scenes as well. Joseph had to, y'all, I believe Joseph had to have a personal relationship with God to be able to understand and have a heart like that. To be able to go in and move somewhere. Because can you imagine me? Or could you imagine anybody else? Or could y'all imagine yourself going through something like that and still having to be upbeat about it? Still having to look at something in a good light? Still be 
able to be over somebody's stuff and actually want to and ain't cussing nobody out and ain't doing that. The case may be like, you got to think about that. And I want you guys to think about that too, okay? So let's go on to our next point because I don't want to make this too long. All right, so we're going to go to Genesis 39 verses 19 through 23, okay? Genesis 39 Verses 19 through 23. Okay, in verse 19, it says, It came to pass when the master heard the word of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled. I don't know what they talking about, but we we, we getting into a 20. And Joseph master took him and put him into prison and placed um, in place where the king's prisoner were bound and he was there in prison but the Lord was with Joseph and shrewed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison y'all hear that God still got his hand on him though the enemy tried to come in and try to work and try to make it try to mess up his reputation try to make him seem like he was a bad guy try to misconstrue everything that he had going on as a person God still had favor over his life okay 22 and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison and whosoever they did there, and he was the doer of it. 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to many things that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. So every time you feel like you're by yourself and don't nobody understand and your prayers ain't being heard and you don't know how you're going to get out of this situation, God is with you every single time. So let's go to Genesis 45 verses 5 and 7 through 8, okay? Verse 5 says, And now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve your lives, okay? And let's go to seven. It says, and God sent me here to preserve you um, a prosperity in the earth and save your lives by great deliverance, okay? And eight, it says, now it is, now it was not that sent me hither, but God that has sent me, um, a father to Pharaoh and Lord of his house and rulers throughout the land of Egypt. So basically what it says is, y'all don't be mad. I don't think y'all did this to me. God put me here for a reason. We can give y'all the backstory on how after they sold him into slavery, he was able to go to the Pharaoh's house and God was able to keep his hand on him and show him favor and everything else. In this time, the Pharaoh's wife was trying to hit on your boy. She was trying to throw herself on him and everything else. This little young boy, this little young, this little young tenderoni. She was trying to throw herself on him. And basically she went and lied and told Pharaoh, hey, he trying to, he trying to knock some boots. He trying to, he trying to <laughs> do something to your girl. You get what I'm saying? And he was like, okay, well, I'm finna kill him. Don't worry about it. I'm finna kill him. Don't worry about it, whatever the case may be. And he just went ahead and took him to prison. But even in prison, even in prison, God was showing him favor. He still had his hand on him because he he shot he got favor with the prison guard, which made him come back and be the be basically the person up under the the um what you call it y'all give me the name what's the person that's under the guard pretty much just like the watch the overseer of all the prisoners there because they trusted him so much because they seen the favor of god over his life okay and so now we're into the part where he goes through all of this he tells dreams he go and tell the the um 
the king pretty much, she goes to tell the king and say, hey, um, one of the prisoners, sorry, one of the prisoners goes and tells the king, I know this dude, oh boy, he in jail or whatever, whatnot, and he can like, he can like, you know, interpret dreams and stuff. Like he can, he can really help you with what you got going on. And to make a long story short, Joseph came over, pretty much showed him his gifts because your gifts will make room for you. Your gifts will make room for you. And went over there, pretty much talked to him and everything else. And they got into a good relationship. He had favor again, just like we knew he would have through every situation. So he was basically second in command of, you know, Egypt and being able to run who gets to come in and who gets to come out, how much food goes out and things like that. Because he had, you know, it was said that God told them that it's going to be seven years of drought and it's going to be seven years of basically prosperity and good stuff and stuff like that. So they had to store and put back things and be able to still be able to feed people after this drought came. So he was in a position of power. This was the, the best that he was at. So if you can imagine how Joseph started off in a pit, being hated on by his brothers, now he getting to a point where he's able to, to run some stuff. He able to he able to move and shake some stuff. He able to come out on top. And most of the time, when people, when we go through unforgiveness, we try to put this thing on where we're like, hey, um, I want to make it to the top, but that's because I'm a son on my haters. Right. That's because verse, I think, what, verse 5, and then 7 through 8, it talks about how when he meets his brothers, they come back, the brothers come back around, because now they need some food, now you need something from me. Yeah, you wanted to treat me bad, you wanted to say I wasn't going to make it, you said we weren't going to make it out the hood, you said we weren't going to do this, you said we weren't going to do that, but now I have to... I have to be the person that you got to come to. And sometimes, and I want to encourage somebody, whoever's watching this, I want to encourage you that sometimes God's going to bring them same people that hurt you right back into your life. He's going to bring them to sit right there, not just to see you flourish, but to, to need you in some type of way and going to test you and see what kind of heart do you have. Will you still serve these people? Being that they throw you in the pit and sold you into slavery, is you still going to give them what they need? Is you still going to come through like you need to? Is you still going to do how you needed it to go? I mean, how they needed to go and how I would want it to go? I believe in this particular part of the story, he had to test Joseph a little bit and say, okay, well, let me see where you at. I done took you up. I done showed you favor. I done kept my hand on you. In every situation, you was prosper. Every situation, you was successful. But what you going to do now when I have to tell these people to come right back to you and ask you for help? What you going to do when I have to still come back and ask these people to pray? For, I mean, and ask these, these people going to ask you to pray for them. Like, what you going to do when these people got to come back to you and ask you for your help and to get right on, you know, get right with Christ or how you did your last business or whatever the case may be. We have to think about that. And I think sometimes we as people, you and y'all can agree with me, city or honest. I think sometimes as people, we get to a place where we feel like, okay, baby, if they did me dirty, I ain't helping them. F them. It is what it is. <laughs> I ain't doing it no more, whatever the case may be. But God comes through and he tests you like that, okay? And he says, and this is my good point, okay? He is making you the repairer of the breach. If anybody know what that scripture is, where it's talking about becoming the repairer of the breach, please comment it down in the comments. That's your homework for tonight of being a repairer of the breach. And basically what that's saying is 
Basically, you're going to be the person in your family to shake some stuff up, to cut off some generational curses, to turn some things around in your family, some spirits that people have been fighting from great-grandma and great-grandma and great-papa and people back in slavery that you ain't never met before and all these people that had to go through these same type of turmoils or that had to go through these same type of struggles throughout their lives and you holding something that your mama had to deal with and she holding something that her mama had to deal with and most of the stuff that you're feeling that you're going through ain't even got nothing to do with you. You get what I'm saying? But what Joseph and where in the type of position that God put him in, Joseph had to be the person that came and go a totally different route or he would have been one of them same people coming with his brothers begging for food. Did you get that? Seriously. Think about it. If he didn't go through everything the different route from his brothers, he would have been this one of them brothers that would have been coming up to the second in command asking them for food during the drought. But because his route was different, he was able to repair the breach. And he even says in his good scripture right here, I came ahead of you guys to preserve your lives. I came ahead of you so I can be the person sitting here giving you what you need in the time that you need it. So sometimes when you're going through this, sometimes when you're going through this, you have to sit here and you have to think, what is it that my family needs? Right? What is it that the enemy is trying to attack beforehand, before I even get here, before I even get good in my word, before I even get good in my walk? What is it that the enemy is trying to take away from me to where I can't come around and be the repair of the breach for my family? Okay, y'all. So our next and last point is going to be Genesis 43, verses 30 through 31. So let's go ahead and move over, shuffle over, twerk over to 30... Um, in 31 and 30 says, and Joseph made haste for his bowels did yearn upon his brother and he sought where to weep and he entered into his chamber and wept there. 31, he washed his face and went out and, um, strained himself and said, set on bread. Okay. So basically what they're saying is Joseph went in the back and he had to do a little cry. He had to do a little cry before he came out and was able to eat with his brothers because at the end when his brothers came, he actually had them sit at the table with him and he had to feed these people and he had to basically give them what they need. Not only give them what they need, but he had to feed them as well. And he was able to do that, y'all, because he was able to forgive, because he understood the assignment that his life was up under he understood that he just had to go through everything that he had to go through in order to do it and what this point is and what i want to tell you guys as we end this off you have to be in a vulnerable place like in order to forgive somebody you have to be vulnerable enough or be in a place where you can let your pride to the side where you can get some understanding and different perspective about the situation and be vulnerable enough to say, hey, God, I need you to help me forgive these people. Hey, God, I need you really to step in. Only you know how to step in and get me to see the situation in a different way. God, you, I need you to help me unharden my heart against these people. And what I think a lot of people, a lot of us do, especially us young people and especially us women, because we can get catty sometimes. We don't, we don't go into situations 
situations, one with an open heart and being vulnerable enough to tell somebody how they made a, how they made you feel. You wasn't vulnerable enough to tell these people, okay, you made me feel like this. I felt like this. So I treated you like this or whatever the case may be. We never get vulnerable enough to say, hey, you hurt me. So I want to encourage somebody that maybe the situation that we're looking at or maybe the situation that you're thinking about when you're watching this video and it's time for you to forgive and to do all this other stuff that maybe if you get into a vulnerable spot, one, you have to get in a vulnerable spot with God. When when you get in a vulnerable um, in a vulnerable spot with God, and just have Him and have a conversation and be able to pray about it and be able to talk about it and y'all be able to get in a spot where He can actually show you some different perspectives, where He can actually sit here and give you everything and all the supernatural strength you need to be able to talk to these people. And even if you don't talk to them no more, even if these people way out somewhere, you can separate yourself and you do all this other stuff, you still have a, a vulnerable heart enough to say, okay, I forgive them. I know that they're human. I know that everything that they have going on, or just even situations, because sometimes we cannot forgive situations too. I'm, I'm just going to sit in this place and I'm going to be vulnerable enough to understand why I was hurt, why it hurt me, Go and be vulnerable enough to say, okay, I got it. I understand. God help me forgive. And anybody who's watching this that's having a struggling or struggling or having a hard time forgive, I want to encourage you and I want to pray for you that it all comes together, that everything that you that you feel like you know you wasn't able to get past, that God be able to move right now as you watch this. He begin to tug on your heartstrings. He begin to get you get you in a mindset where you can change your mind and renew your mind. He can get the Holy Spirit to come in, God, and just shuffle and ruffle some feathers over there on the other side of the phone so you can get a good understanding and you guys i'm actually recording this on easter okay and what better time would it be to talk about forgiveness on the day jesus was crucified and gave his entire life and being to forgive us of our sins right Jesus did this for you and for me, and so we can live our life the way the way we live our lives, whether it's good or bad, but still be able to live and still be able to have second chances and still be able to get to the Father when we need to get to the Father and things like that. So I want to encourage somebody today, forgive those people. Forget that job. Forget that girl. Forget that man. Forgive them, y'all, because at the end of the day, your forgiveness is not just testing their faith, but it's testing your faith, and it's testing your heart, and it's testing who you are and your character as a per like as a person. You know what I mean? So, God, I come to you today, God, to just heal everybody, God, that's watching this, God, that's coming through, God, that needs some type of healing, God, I need some type of understanding, God, I need some type of um, forgiveness, even if they themselves are the people that somebody else have to forgive, God, that they just, you begin to move in their lives, God, and be able to show them the right direction, God, and be able to give them a heart like Jesus had, God. The heart like Jesus died having for us and for our individual lives, God, and the Holy Spirit just come in, God, and move and shift in their lives like never before, God, that every person that like comment and subscribe every person that watch the highlights got every person that's in this room right now got everybody that's just struggling with this in particular god that they begin to just transform their mind as romans 12 and 2 said do do not be conformed by the world but be you know transformed by the renewing of your minds and amen and i pray that guys i want to say that joseph was healed joseph was elevated 
He sure was elevated, baby, because he was getting that money, baby. He was out there running stuff, okay? And he was restored. He was restored of his brothers. He was restored of his brotherhood. He was restored of all these things. And this is the I Am Her podcast. I love y'all so, so, so much. Bye.